listening to On The Road with Mike and Andy, the number one Australian weekly trucking podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies. We're here to bring an independent voice to truckies right around Australia. So please do us a favour, listen in on your favourite podcast platform, hit like and subscribe, leave a comment and don't forget to tell your mates about us. On the Road is brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. Welcome back to episode 57 of On the Road, and as always, full of great trucker news and entertainment. We find out from Anita Donlan and Tony Fulton what Beef It Up Australia is all about. One of our listeners, Wayne, who doesn't always see eye to eye with Mike, gets his chance to air his point of difference. We've got something to talk about a little later in the show, plus music from Taxi Ride and Huck Richards, along with some more of the sharp wit of Dave Allen. The news and more, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get over there! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24-7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Coming up next, Mike speaks with Anita from Beef It Up Australia, one of the ambassadors of Beef It Up is Jason Singh, the lead singer of one of my favourite Aussie bands of all time. With their instantly recognisable sound that's so reminiscent of Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young in their heyday, here's Jason Singh and Taxi Ride with Can You Feel? Can you feel? Falling down. Da, 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 da. 
fortunately today we've got Anita Donlan. Now, Anita is heading up a thing called Beef It Up Australia. It's been going around for a while. Our good mate Tones from Tones Trucking Stories is an ambassador, and I'm going to talk to him after. I wanted to find out from Anita what this thing's all about, what it does, how it works, and maybe get a few of you out there on board to give us a bit of a hand to Beef It Up Australia. How are you, Anita? Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excellent, thank you. I'm in lockdown Victoria. <laughs> lockdown Victoria. With our dopey down. But anyway, that's another story, isn't it? <laughs> we really can't go there, can we? It's just terrible. I, no. I'm over it. I'm just over it. Yeah. Try living here, mate. <laughs> Try living there. Try living here. <laughs> My daughter lives down at Geelong and she's told me all about it. She's not happy. Never mind. Life goes on, eh? <laughs> Well, it does. We're still breathing, and while we're breathing, there's hope. Yeah. So Beef It Up Australia, mate, what was the inspiration behind that? Where did it come from? Well, it, it, I'm the creator of it, and the inspiration came from me, obviously, when I was a board member of the Australian Horizons Foundation. And that foundation is uh, very, very unique. It's actually located up in far north Queensland in Georgetown. Yeah. And the co-founder and our chairman, he's uh, John Bessel. He's a third-generation cattleman. Mm-hmm. He's got around about 85,000 acres of cattle country. He breeds Brahma cattle. And back 2008, 9, 10, when the drought, the floods, the fires, Cyclone Yasi, then, of course, the live cattle export ban hit, he pulled his community together. And it is now today... A National Foundation, a charity, same status as Red Cross, Humanitarian Society, and it's very much focused on mental health and rural communities and the sustainability and the well-being. I'm so proud to be part of it. The foundation, they run really cool raffles. They give really cool cars away. At the moment, we've got a Rolls-Royce Ghost 2014 being raffled off for $30 a ticket. That's a bit of a plug. I saw that, yeah. Which you can get the link on Beef It Up Australia's page. And the proceeds of that go to some really, really cool projects, including Beef It Up Australia. So the inspiration behind Beef It Up Australia, well, in a nutshell, I grew up in a small country town in South Australia called Malala. Yep. Anyone who's interested in motor racing would know the Malala Raceway. Yeah. I actually grew up across the road from there, and as a kid, I would go and shoot pigeons <laughs> over in the old airfield, which is now the raceway. Yep. But I left school when I was 15 to work in the local bakery, and I was 19, and I finished my apprenticeship at Roseworthy Agricultural College, and I went back and I bought that bakery. And about six months after that, the supermarket built a brand new supermarket next door and mm-hmm. proceeded to put bread and meat and fruit and veg and everything else on sale. Yep. And that really was the beginning of the end of the town. Yep. So my passion for small business really started back then. The whole process of Beef It Up Australia is about uh, heading out to small communities and Tones being at one of our ambassadors. He's joined Jace, the lead singer from Taxi Ride, Tim, who is our mental health ambassador, Huck is our music ambassador, and Melbourne comedian Flemo, he's our comedian ambassador. So what we do is we go out on the road to these small communities that have been nominated or have come onto our radar in some way. We connect up with the local pub because, you know, obviously me growing up in a small town, I had spent plenty of time in the pub. Yep. And being involved in the entertainment industry for 40 odd years and touring this great country with household names and names that have never seen a lot of day since they did a tour, <laughs> I realised very quickly that the pubs are the hubs of the community right back from day one. 
and they need our support because you know for any reason you go to the pub whether it be with mates whether it be for footy whether it be for anything yep so hatch match and dispatch basically get celebrated at the pub they sure do so we thought, well, they know everybody in the town. They know the lay of the land and nobody's really supporting the public and outside of their direct network or their family and friends. So we connect up with them. We go in there, first of all, with a project called Let's Get Rural, which Tones is now our host of. And uh, we have a chat to the locals. We check out the history. We'll find out what the glue of the community is. We've done over 40, actually probably over 50, 55 now with Tim our mental health ambassador, but he's taken a break, hence why Tones is now there. Good timing after he parked up because he's had a gutful. (laughs) And, yeah, we just hang out. We become a local for the day. We rock up as strangers and we leave as friends. But the really big thing about this is that we identify what is needed in the community. If a night out for these guys is needed, which most communities qualify, unfortunately. We head back out there with our troop, which is Flemo and Huck, Tim and Tones. He hasn't done a run yet because of COVID. But that's all done because we raised $5 with our 1,000 paddocks campaign. So when we get the 1,000 paddocks, which of course is 5K, we say, okay, how many towns can we go to? Where should we go? And we just give them a night out of laughter, music, trivia, mateship. And we just give them the opportunity to have some downtime the really big thing about that is that the publican doesn't have to pay for it because mates have paid it forward. Yep. You know, they've recognised the need of what needs to be done to keep our social fabric and our mental health together in our small communities. So we've got hundreds of stories. You know, we've saved people. We get up close and personal with them all. And as I said, we arrive as strangers and we leave as friends. We deliver smiles, basically. Yeah. Glasses are full here. Yeah, well, that's always a good thing to do if you can get people to smile a bit, isn't it? Well, you know, it's, like I said, glass is always half full, and that's my attitude and that's our attitude. But, you know, if you smile to someone, I don't know if you've ever done it, but you smile to someone who's not smiling, they'll smile back. Yeah, or they'll have a little bit of glint in their eye, you know. A smile is free. It doesn't matter if you're going through COVID or drought or whatever you're going through. How you going, mate? And a smile is all we need, and that's why that's what we've got on our stickers. And... Uh, it's needed, mate. It's needed. You don't you don't need buckets of money to say to somebody, here you go. No, that's exactly right. Well, it's always good to just walk up to someone and stick your hand out and say, good day, mate. How are you? Mm-hmm. Stand there and have a beer and it's pretty good, isn't it? It's priceless. And, you know, people say, oh, you shouldn't smoke. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm a smoker. I'm not advocating anybody else to. But I can tell you, I have more candid conversations with people standing in the smoking area of a pub with a beer or a Bundy in my hand than I do anywhere else. Yeah. And those friendships, they just stay. I used to be a smoker, and I can tell you that you did find out what was going on if you were out in the smoker's area, didn't you? Yep. You had a bit of a chat about things, and often it's a candid personal discussion. That's right. And it's because you're in their comfort zone, you know. Hmm. Whenever we feel comfortable, we open up. It doesn't matter if it's a stranger or not. I mean, it's the way that we are as human beings, you know. We, we need that connectivity. And I think through COVID, with everyone being in isolation, I think a lot of people, particularly in the cities, are starting to realise what our farmers and our rural communities are actually going through. Yeah. You know, I remember at the beginning of COVID, I was talking to John, our chairman, and I said, how are you going with COVID? And he goes, mate, I think you've forgotten where I live. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I live in isolation. Yeah. <laughs> well, Tones and I, I mean, we're social distancing experts. We are. We've been doing it for our whole careers. And that's very true, you know, truck drivers... 
I know we have a lot of truck drivers. Well, I know, I personally know a lot of truck drivers. I've got truck drivers in my family. And, you know, that picking up that phone and having that conversation for however many kilometres, yeah. that's really important for your mental health. They really are. So what's the story with these stickers, mate? <laughs> You've got I support small towns, our truckies, country pubs, small business, our farmers. How you going, mate? Yep. Don't be politically correct. Just go up and go, how you going, mate? That's right. Donate the $5 to the 1,000 Paddocks campaign. How does that work? How do people make a donation? Well, they go to 1000paddock.org or beefitupaustralia.org and you'll see a donate button. Mm-hmm. And what we've done is we thought in the beginning, well, how are we going to do this? So we've actually teamed up with a group up in Sydney who have developed a whole business, actually, out of their software where you just get a dedicated link and all the money is donated into that link and that money is attached to our account at the trust at the foundation and bang, you get a tax-deductible receipt straight away Yep. and it sits there until we're ready to go. That sounds easy enough. Oh, well, look, I don't like work. (laughs) (laughs) I'm quite lazy, contrary to a lot of people would laugh at that, but... You know, I wanted something that was simple, seamless, easy, you know, five bucks, it's a cup of coffee, it's a beer, and, you know, five bucks is nothing. Oh, that's right. But the hardest thing we had was actually going about the process, and when I found this, it was like, that's easy. Easy. Just two clicks, you're done, and you know that you've done your bit. That's right. We're talking with Anita Donlan from Beef It Up Australia. We're just going to take a short break here from our sponsors. We'll be back in a minute. There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. Okay, we're back with Anita Donlan from Beef It Up Australia. We're going to find out now how you can help out and about the Facebook page, web page and all that sort of thing. Get some stickers and put them on the back of your car or your truck or your bike or whatever. Anita, how do we help out? How do we do this? We often get asked that and the beautiful part about Beef It Up Australia is that, I mean, behind the scenes there's a lot of regulations and format, but on the surface anyone can jump in and help and there's a couple of ways. Sharing, liking the page, sharing it, sharing our posts. We cross-pollinate between ours and tones and let's get rules. So make it a regular thing, go and see what we're doing. We do lots of fun stuff. Just share it and help get our brand out there. But the other way, and I've got to tell you a story, eh? Yeah. <laughs> Tones ended up with some stickers and he put a call out, hey, if anyone wants one, just message Beef It Up Australia. Yep. Great. Yeah. Well, we weren't prepared for that. <laughs> we got some admins on our page and they're just going, mate, what's going on? Our notifications are going like crazy. And it's like, yeah, I know. And then we ran out of my stickers and we ran out of Tones' stickers and, oh, bloody, I've caught up just today, so that's all happy days. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can start another lot off. 
just finish your details and we'll send you out some stickers. Now, the beautiful part about this is that we're on a mission. We want to see as many cars and trucks out there and utes and you name it, with our stickers on there. Because not only is it putting our brand out there, but it's a positive affirmation that you can actually just drive around with it on there. Ask how you're going, mate, on a sticker. The other way that you can support is we have merchandise. So we've teamed up with a mob in Melbourne who do our drop shipping and all of our printing for us. But the wicked thing about this is that people can actually get personalised merch. Okay. So if you want your town on there... We've even done it so our mental health ambassador, Tim, he's lent us his saying, which is, we are strong, we are survivors, we will win. And that's his positive affirmation because of his mental health journey, which I won't go into, that it's a personal thing for him. But he does talk about that. If you have a look at Beef It Up Australia on YouTube, you can actually see some of his videos at the end of shows and he tells his story. Bloody dynamic bloke, mate, I tell you. But you can actually get that merchandise and all you have to do is just message us and say, hey, I want a hoodie with, you know, Tipavara, we are strong, we are survivors, we will win, or whatever. Whatever you want on there, we can design it up for you because every item that we have on there has got a paddock in it. And the reason why we call them paddocks is because our country is made up of thousands of paddocks, hence a thousand paddocks. A lot of people ask how we got about that. That's how. So we drive past thousands of paddocks to get to a postcode. Once we're there, that postcode has got thousands of paddocks. So it's all relevant. The other way that people can support is by letting us know if they're hearing of a situation. We've by default created our own version of Lifeline. We call it Mates Line. A lot of people reach out to us if there's an issue. People contact us just for a chat. There's so many ways, so so many ways. We just want people to understand that we're here for you. Thousands of people are here for you and we don't want anyone to feel that they're alone. It's a very, very challenging time. And I tell you what, (laughs) drought had nothing on what we're going through now. No, that's right. We've worked with a lot of communities through drought times and like your good self, really cool work that you did with that water run. You know, we've done a lot of humanitarian aid runs And we just don't want anyone to feel like they're alone. So our messenger is always on. might take a little bit for me to get to it if it's at night. But, yeah, we don't want anyone to feel alone. Well, no, it's one of those things that's really, really hard. Everyone has to deal with being alone from time to time, but sometimes it just gets a bit much. And when it does, you've really got to reach out, don't you? That's right. And we're by no means mental health workers, but we do have a couple of networks available for people, particularly the foundation does fund an SMS line a virtual psychologist. So, you know, we've given that out to a few people in the past. But the really big thing is, is we just encourage people to go and say, how you going, mate, to someone. Just go and strike up a conversation. You know, whether it be just in the pub. If you're not a drinker, have a Coke. (laughs) The old adage of the five o'clock brawl at the pub because it's closing at six, that doesn't happen anymore. It's a place of gathering, you know, and we all find solitude in something in our life. And we just encourage people to do that and care about each other. That is a really good thing. Anita, thanks for coming on the show with us and telling us about Beef It Up. People can find you. It's Beef It Up Australia, all one word on Facebook, isn't it? Yep, and we're on Instagram, Twitter, when they're up. (laughs) (laughs) When they're up, yeah. (laughs) I will actually point one thing out. We are apolitical. We had a few people say to us when we started to support the Murray-Darling Basin issue and all the communities up there, Hmm. and particularly one bloke, Lloyd Polkenhorn. He walked 303 kilometres to check out Lloyd's Walk for Water. 
Yep. People were saying, oh, you know, you're, you're a bit political. It's like, well, no, we're apolitical. That's number one. Yep. And we will only give a political party or an MP the big thumbs up if they're actually doing something good for rural Australia. And so far, we've only been able to do that once. <laughs> and that was with Craig Kelly when he put his bill forward, which nobody crossed the floor for, for no mandatory vaxxers, which we're not anti-vaxxers. We're pro-choice, you know, you do it, you do it. Yeah. But we are apolitical and that's another important aspect of us. So Anita, why is it called Beef It Up Australia? <laughs> A lot of people ask that. There's two reasons for that. One is to pay homage to where the foundation started and to pay homage to every stakeholder, pardon the pun, <laughs> in the farming sector and particularly to those who battled through the live cattle export ban. So everyone from the truckies, the farmers, the ringers, everybody who had to live through that debacle. But the other part is, is that we want to let all of rural Australia know, in my eyes, beef it up is let's get strong, you know, bulk it up, you know, beef it up. So it's a dual meaning as to why we came up with Beef It Up Australia. Great to hear all about Beef It Up and hopefully the listeners will lend you some support and we'll get a few comments from Tones in a minute. Anita, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And remember, we are strong, we are survivors, we will win. Indeed. Thank you. Just a quick word about our sponsors. Go to our webpage, www.ontheroadpodcast.com.au. You can see who the friends of the show are. And if their products are something that you're interested in or something that you may need, please support them because they support us and they bring our show to you. I thought I'd dial the phone and get older tones from Tones Trucking Stories and Truck Whiz and all that good stuff. He's now an ambassador with Beef It Up. Now, we just had a bit of a chat with Anita Donlan from Beef It Up. Ooh. Blew my mind how it all works. Apparently, it's just a pub crawl, mate. Ah, uh, well, <laughs> if you wanted to sum it up into a few words, yeah, it's a bit of a pub crawl while making some video footage and helping everyone feel good at the same time. So yeah. what a better environment to do it than in a small town at a pub where everyone sort of joins up together, normally anyway. Yeah. Well, Anita was telling me you go to the pub and you meet a few people and you find out what's going on in the town and then you bring in the paddock thing. Yeah. What are the programs called? She did tell me. So there's the Thousand Paddocks. Yep, that's right. Which is effectively just uh, donations type things. So Beef It Up have it that one paddock costs $5, for example. And once we get to a thousand paddocks, that raises enough money for the towns that we deem need a great deal of help in their local community. It means we can get along and do shows and that. You know, and they're pretty big shows, like sportsmen's nights, mm -hmm. to put it simply. Yeah. You know, so there'll be comedians, people playing music. I'll speak as well and ends up a bit of a mental health type thing at, at the same time. And, you know, it's just about everyone in that local community getting together. It's free for them. And it's basically just, yeah, raising money, everyone having a good time and injecting a little bit into the local economy, I suppose. Yep. Yeah. That's a good way to do it too, isn't it? Go to the pub, buy a few beers, watch a show and talk to your mates. Oh, exactly, yeah. And, you know, people like to, you know, loosen up after a couple of beers and enjoy each other's company and that type of stuff. So I think it's a really good setting, especially I've come from footy clubs in the background and, and doing sportsmen's nights and business lunches and that type of stuff. It's always a great atmosphere, yeah. generally speaking. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to doing some of that going forward. <laughs> I've done one day out with Beef It Up at the moment. We went over to Jamison and 
it's a real eye opener. Yeah. Something that I already enjoy and have done sort of in the past. I'm just taking away the truck driving aspect now and just being able to focus on it a lot more. No, it's good work, mate. I saw the video of you there in the pond with your shirt off, mate. Gee, that's a scary look. It is, yeah, yeah. I think it was only about 17 degrees the other day as well. And there was a bit of wind chill factor about it. Was there? But, you know, for comic value, you've got to go jump in a river at times. Uh, right. And how's the puppy going with it all, mate? Oh, fantastic. Yeah, so we're just out on my uncle's farm now, and she's got used to country life of just sitting there doing bugger all, really. Yeah. Is she howling at the moon? No, no. You know, once it gets to nightfall, she's a type of puppy that wants to just go inside where it's nice and warm. <laughs> Yeah, a quiet front of the fire puppy. Oh yeah, sort of. But yeah, she's a bit of a pain at times. That, you know, a sparrow can fart two bloody acres across, and you know, <laughs> she wants to go and investigate what that is. Yeah. Oh, there we go. As you know, yeah. You can probably hear her running off now. She's seen something. And... Yeah. Away she goes. I'll tell you what, mate, it's good to catch up with you because I haven't spoken to you for a while, but glad to hear everything's going all right for you and uh, you're getting back into it again and life is good. You're still breathing, still upright. Yeah, yeah. So just sort of settling into the new life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I've been able to be a a little bit more productive with the truck whiz side of things now. I've been able to actually sit at a computer and do some changes and a lot of testing and, and speak to different potential clients and that type of stuff where it was probably really, really difficult to do whilst I was also trying to drive a truck six or seven days a week. Yeah. Although the workloads are a little bit off my shoulder, I'm still keeping very, very busy. Oh, that's great to hear, mate. I just went out today in the car with my young cousin. She's 17, so I'm sort of trying to create a bit of a job for her. She's going to leave school, so I'm trying to find a way to give her a little bit of a pathway and and make a little bit of money as well as a young person. So we went out for a bit of a drive this morning and had a look at a couple of towns. We dropped into a little town of Menangatang. Menangatang. Menangatang, yeah. So they've been nominated at Beef It Up to be a town for us to go to. So I just popped in there, had a word with the publican and yeah. said what we were about and that sort of thing. And yeah, so we're going to head out there on Friday and just do a little bit of footage and similar thing that we did at Jamison a couple of weeks ago. Inject a little bit of life and find out what's going on with the local community there. And I think one of the beauties that I quite enjoy Obviously, I'm sort of only new, so I've got my L plates on at the moment. But what happens from just a a simple night like that, getting a bit of footage, you get an idea of the things that are needed in the town or if if there's anything at all. And then that's where we can sort of go back to the charity itself and and find ways to generate funds or people to to help these things that the, the community might need. That could be something as simple as the kids might need a skate park, for example, or a new bus shelter, or there could be some big problems with mental health. So we can try and set up some things and help the communities out like that. Yeah, That's the beauty of it. There's plenty of options available there to help the communities. And the best part about it for them is they don't actually have to pay any money for us to be there to do it. If one or two people get a smile on their face and it makes a bit of a difference to them, it's just about the little wins. And that's what's really important. Well, the little wins are big wins in small country towns. If you can just make life a little bit better for a few people, that makes a big difference, doesn't it? Oh, exactly. Yeah. No, for sure. Well, uh, Tony, well, it's good to catch up, mate. You know where we are. If you want to get in touch, we'll see you down the track, I suppose. Sounds like a plan, mate. You take care of yourself, brother. Shall do. You too. I know. Thanks, mate. See ya. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On The Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking With Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there. And in the meantime, take care of you.
you need signage or graphics for your truck, trailer, van, boat, equipment or business, the Sticker Shed is the fast and cost efficient large format digital print and vinyl cut graphic business that can meet all your needs. They specialise in signs, graphics, decals, stickers, banners, one-way window signage and even large-scale canvas prints. Don't be fooled by the name, the Sticker Shed has a fully mobile production facility which means they can manufacture your signage or graphics on the spot. Even if they're not in your area, they can still custom make your signs, stickers and graphics and ship them to you. For more information or to obtain a quote, send an email to brett at thestickershed.com.au, visit the Sticker Shed Facebook page or call Brett on 0412 105 151. The Sticker Shed, their business is making your business look great. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together And when they ask how you're doing, just smile and tell them, never better We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, g'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Oh, am I the only one who says I'm fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Oh, I'm fine. Hey, I'm fine, but I'm not. So let the truth be told. It's time for That's What You Think. Right, now everyone knows that I've created this on the road podcast with a view to it being an independent voice for truck drivers all over Australia. I've said that, I've maintained that, I've invited people onto the show to have a chat, put their point of view about anything. People that disagree with me, people that agree with me, I don't really care. All I care about is that people think about what they're doing and they have an opinion. Now, I made some comments on Facebook earlier in the week and this bloke Wayne took me to task on it on Facebook. My answer was, well, mate, come on the show and have a talk about it and we'll agree to disagree or whatever because no one changes anyone's mind on social media. I want to hear what Wayne's got to say and I think everyone's got a right to an opinion. So, Wayne, welcome to the show, mate. Oh, no worries. Thanks, mate. Here's your opportunity. We'll apologise to the listeners for the sound quality because you're driving them, but you're on hands-free. Obviously, we'll deal with things as they come. I promised that I wouldn't edit you or argue the point with you or anything. I'd give you an opportunity to say what you had to say. You said you turned the show off when I get on my high horse. <laughs> okay, yep, yep. So, mate... It's Wayne's World! Wayne's World! Tell us, mate. <laughs> well, look, uh, like I said, you know, I'm not in favour of it being compulsory. I really think the government should... You know, you catch more flies with honey than you will with vinegar, and they should be offering enticements rather than beating everyone with a big stick. Yep. But I do think that, you know, you really should get this vaccine. I'm double-vaxxed myself, so I haven't grown a second head. I don't glow in the dark. I'm not magnetic. Bill Gates is not controlling my mind, and 
what I do have is a pretty good level of protection against a deadly virus, mate. Right. If, if you look at the research, it can be anywhere between 35 and 75% protection from transmission. Yep. That doesn't guarantee that you won't get it, but probably not going to end up in hospital in, on a respirator, mate, which I've seen from some of my friends, and it's not good. Yep. This bug is a deadly one, mate, and you don't want to get it. My answer to that, Wayne, is that there are plenty of deadly bugs out there that we can catch, and no one gets out alive. Yeah, there's certainly no one's going to leave this world alive, that's for sure, but we all want to put it off as long as we possibly can. <laughs> if you look at what's going on in Victoria, now I'm in Victoria, I live in Victoria, yep. it's not great, it's not been fun going through what we've had to go through in the last 18 months or so. Yep. I can understand why the premiers of WA and South Australia want to try and protect their state from having to go through what we've gone through. Look, I understand what's going on. I mean, considering the fact that I went to university and I do have a degree in nursing from Deakin University at Warrnambool, yep. Yep. part of that degree was physiology, pathophysiology and epidemiology. Yep. I've got a pretty good understanding, if only in its base forms, of how these things happen. So I say what I say based on what I believe to be true personally. Yep. Now, that doesn't make me absolutely correct. No. But it doesn't make what you say is wrong. I have never, ever said that there's no such thing as coronavirus. Never said that. Yeah. It's just if you look on the internet, mate, you'll see a lot of conspiracy. Yep particularly on some of the tracking pages and some of the rubbish that I've seen going around. Oh, mate, yeah. And people actually believe it, you know. 100%, mate. I'm looking at all the same pages you are, no doubt. Because yeah. let's face it, that's where you and I have had most of our interaction. Yeah. The fact is, though, I mean, this vaccination is available. Yeah. And we were promised that once the vaccination was available, we'd all be free, but we're not. We're still locked down. Yeah, we've still got a lot of people not vaccinated, though. That, that's the problem, and that, that's probably why. Yeah. As you've seen in New South Wales, I mean, they're getting close to the target that they reach, and, and the Premier's starting to open the state up. Yeah. Right from the start, mate, the only way I knew, well, as soon as this thing come, mate, the only way we're going to beat this is with the vaccine. It's the only weapon we've got, you know. It's not a perfect weapon. Mm. It doesn't work 100% of the time. Mm. But it's the only weapon we've got. We've got an opposing point of view about what the best way to go is. Now, I'm saying that vaccination is probably a part of it. And if you want to have the vaccination, then go ahead and have it. But vaccination passports and requiring someone to have had one vaccination to cross a border, the amount of pain that we've been through in trucking, and I'm, I'm sure you've experienced, you've had the swabs up the nose endlessly every two or three days for some guys. Oh, yeah. Don't get me going on that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd love to get you going on that. At what point does it stop? Um, We're not testing people for the flu. We're not testing people for HIV AIDS. We're not testing people for hepatitis A, B or C. Yeah. We're not talking about CJD or any of these other things that will you know, yeah, kill you stone dead. To be fair, dead. though, mate, I can't remember the last time flu killed this many people, though. You know, like... How about 2019? Yeah, we didn't go into lockdown. We didn't have the restrictions that we have now. Maybe if we'd done that, then probably maybe less people would have, well, certainly less people would have died. Well, but the last time a flu killed this many people, mate, was back in 1918. I think, Wayne, we could have an empirical disagreement on numbers. I mean, for me, if we look at the situation that 450 people a day die in Australia from all causes, 
that's all your coronary artery disease, your cancer, all these other things, then, you know, the reality of it is 150,000 people die in Australia every year. How many more would die if we just let this thing rip, mate? If we just let it go? I understand that. I understand your point of view. But understand this. How many people are dying from undiagnosed cancers now? How many people aren't going to the hospital with upper respiratory tract infections? I'm one of them, mate. I'm trying to get a colonoscopy done, Mm. but because I visit red areas as a part of my job, they cancelled my colonoscopy. So you're not the only one that that's happened to yeah, I know. I've, I've listened on the podcast and I've actually spoken with Glenn Searle yep. about that and he's trying to help me get that organised now. Gee, the people at WA are lucky to have a bloke like him representing them, I tell you. I agree, yep. But like with your thing too, mate, what you've got to remember is when it hit Italy, mm. like the death rate is one in every 100 in Australia at the moment. Mm. That's with an ICU on standby, ready to go. In Italy, it was like four in every 100. And they started out that they wouldn't treat anyone over 70. Then they had to drop it to 60. Then they had to drop it to 50. And it eventually ended up at 40. Can you imagine if you got sick and you present yourself at your hospital and they tell you, look, sorry, mate, we can't help you. They were giving people an information sheet. Here, take this home. This is how, you know, this is all we can do for you. I just can't imagine that, you know? Yeah. Well, I can't imagine I'd ever see police on the streets riding around on riot trucks grabbing people around the throat because they don't have a mask on. Or someone the other day pepper spraying a 74-year-old lady in the street. Yeah, well, I, I didn't like that. But as far as the riots we've had in Melbourne, I mean, those people really have no rights. They're not riots. Well, mate... What I saw on the Westgate Bridge wasn't pleasant, mate. Um, I wouldn't like to be caught up in that. Sure, not all of them were doing it, but I've followed some of these groups, especially on the internet, Mm. mate, and they're pretty nasty. Well, did you see the police jump off that riot truck and run over and grab hold of two blokes because they were wearing high-vis and then one of them come over and smacked the butt of his bloody rifle into some fella's kidneys and then another fella got a knee in the back after getting smacked a couple of times? I'm not going to defend that. But I can also ask some of them people at them protests, mm. we'll call them, um, I'd like to know how they keep their high-vis so clean and new-looking. <laughs> and tell you, mate, my high-vis doesn't look as clean and new as what their high-vis no, does. No, no, I... You know, we can talk about who... Bunnings Karen, mate. When did she get herself a job on a building site? I mean, I, I thought she was into witchcraft or something, yeah. and now she's actually down there at the prayer. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people... In... Same when your mate Tony did things. There's a lot of people that have got their own agendas mm. that have jumped onto this and start pushing, and, well, I don't know how to say it, mate, but they're shit-stirring. Yeah. You know, like they're trying to stir up fear and there's people who are genuinely, maybe like yourself, that are hesitant. They're not necessarily anti-vax, but they're a bit worried and a bit, you know, not sure. I'm not anti-vax, but I'm interested oh, no, in no, that, no, mate. No, 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 absolutely not. I didn't say you were anti-vax, <laughs> so just you're hesitant, though. You know, and there's people out there that are preying on people's fears like that. People like Lizzie Rose and all that that are trying mm. to exploit people's fears to push their own agenda forward. But that's on both sides. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Fear sells, mate. Fear will sell, and that's on both sides. Yep. A news organisation, if it's on TV, they want to get ratings. Mm. If it's on the internet, they want to get clicks. If it's a newspaper, they want to sell more copies of their newspaper, mm. and fear does that. Yep. 
100%. And that's part of the problem with what we're going to. We just need to talk with calm heads and just get it done. Like I said, I'm not in favour of it it being compulsory, but I can also understand why they want to go that way. I personally think that, you know, you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar, and the best way to do it would be to offer incentives to people, not whack them with a big stick. You are aware that the constitution of this country says that we don't have to consent to treatment and vaccination and things like that. You're aware of that? Yeah, well, that's a bit of a debate, but I'm sure you've been to a pub and you would have seen the sign that says management reserves the right to refuse service to any person for any reason. I don't deny that there are, people have rights to do all sorts of things, but the, the yeah. problem with it is when you get told that you must do something, yeah. like have a vaccination, or you can't cross a border, or yeah. you can't go to work, or you can't go yeah. to the pub, with work, mate, have you ever done risk reductions and like OH&S and all that sort of stuff? Like- oh, absolutely. Just let me finish the point, Wayne. You can have another go. Yeah. How many truck drivers do you know like Meath? Hundreds, right? Yes. I've been in the industry 20 years or more, so yeah. Right. So how many of these blokes do you know live from pay to pay? Uh, well, I was one of them for many years doing that. Right. Yeah. So yeah. when you're worried about putting the food on the table keeping the roof over the kids' heads, sending the kids to school, basically paying the bills, and the boss says to you, you need to do this, and if you don't do it, you won't have a job. The gate's over there. The easiest decision for you to make is to comply with whatever they want. That doesn't mean you agree with it. Now, my position simply is, if you have to have a vaccination passport and have to have a vaccine, and to comply, you've made the choice to comply because you, you have to earn the money to keep the roof over the head and pay the bills... That's coercion, and that's wrong, and that's all I've ever said. Yeah, well, I actually agree. As I said, mate, I don't think that's the best way to do it. So we don't disagree at all then? Not on that, but I also believe that as any employer or any company, they have the right, as I was saying before, Mm. to see what their conditions are. You would have seen the sign in pub, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Yep. They're just as entitled to say, look, no jab, no service. You know, they've got the right to say that. With my employer, Hmm. now, they didn't say to me that I had to have it, but a lot of their customers did insist on it. There were certain companies we couldn't go to unless you had it. Hmm. So I feel for them too. Like, they're the meat and the sandwich. They they don't want to have to tell anyone anything, but they also need to service the customers to get the job done so that they can make some profit at the end of the week. Oh, well, ultimately, too, we've got an OH&S right to be able to use toilets and facilities and all that. Oh, that I agree. Don't get me going on that one, too. Um, well, I'd love to get you going on it, mate. This is your opportunity. Oh, well, there's a number of companies where I've been refused, just like you're saying, where they won't let us use the toilet yep. because I'm a risk of infecting them. Now, I think that's absolute rubbish because I can wear the mask, I can socially distance, yeah. and I'm pretty sure they would clean their toilets on a regular basis. So, And you're double-vaxxed? Yes. Yes. And you still can't use the toilet. As I said, the vaccine doesn't guarantee that you're not going to get the virus or spread it. It does reduce the risk, but, but it's not 100%. And, you know, yeah. But, Wayne, don't you see the promise was when we were vaccinated, life would go back to normal, mate. You're a case in point. I've got another guy that I want to talk to who's had the vaccination, got stuck over here in lockdown in Western Australia because he happened to be at the same roadhouse as someone. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just lunacy. Yeah, well, that, that I agree with. 
but I mean, as I said, I can also understand that people have fears and why the premiers they don't want to end up like Victoria or New South Wales. But with your OHS, mate, mm. if I told you there was something you could do that would reduce truck crashes by 35 to 75%, would you not jump at it and say, yes, let's do that? I'd be all over it. I'd be looking at it. Okay, well, there's a vaccine you can get that's going to reduce your risks of getting this virus by between 35 and 75%. <laughs> do you see what I'm, where I'm coming at, mate? You know, like, well, from a point of H&S, a company has to look at that and say, well, gee, you know, maybe we should look at this. Well, perhaps we could also look at the numbers that say that if you're under 70 years old, you've got a 98% survival and your immune system's working perfectly fine we could say that too yeah <laughs> yeah look i think when you're like over 70 years old not to be ageist because we're all going to get there one day but it's probably you know even being vaccinated you're probably still at a very high risk from this thing you know mm. yeah yeah all right well wayne you've had your say you've had 15 minutes thank you mate i appreciate you calling me and being willing to get on and have your say i do when I'd invite anyone else that wants to, just go to our Facebook page or our web page or follow the podcast. I'll be there, mate. I'll still keep trying to debunk some of the myths that people put up <laughs> and have me say. It's a bit of a hobby of mine because, as I might have mentioned to you before, I have a young son with autism, and yeah. the first thing I was told from all the anti-vaxxers is, oh, you gave your son autism by getting him vaccinated. And when I did some research, I found that just wasn't the case. Well, I struggle with that point of view myself. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, mate, and I will catch up with you again on the road. No worries, mate. See you on the flip side. Keep the shiny side up and stay safe out there, mate. 10-4, brother trucker. No worries. See ya. G'day, guys. It's Tone from Tone's Trucking Stories here and TruckWiz, and you can now listen to the On The Road podcast on the Australian Big Rig Road Show via the TruckWiz app. Download it from the App Store right now. A few weeks ago, we shared some of the humour of the late Irish comedy legend Dave Allen. Here's an encore for you with his hilarious piece, All About Australia. I spent three years of my life in Australia. In actual fact, I didn't spend three years, I spent 18 months. But 18 months in Australia is like three years anywhere else. And very, the Australians are very proud of the country. I left London on Friday. At 4.30 in the afternoon, I flew all through Friday, all through Saturday, all through Sunday, and I arrived after 36 hours on an aeroplane. I arrived and see my eyes are hanging up. And the fellow says, how did you find Australia? <laughs> and I said, I got off the bloody plane and it was there. The Australians actually, I, I know the Irish have a funny way of talking, but the Australians have also a funny... They add I-E onto a lot of words. I was there around Christmas, and I said to a fellow, I said, what are you going to do on Christmas? He said, well, I think I'll get up, Chrissy Day. <laughs> I'll have my brackie. <laughs> I'll pick up the cozy, go for a dippy. Watch a game of footy, have a game of drinkies, and then I'll come home and have a yummy, yummy Chrissy Dindin. <laughs> He was 64 years of age. <laughs> In Australia, they love the booze. But the beer is so cold. 
it's like you have to have gloves to pick up the glass. <laughs> Three beers and you look, there's no moon. <laughs> Everything's got to be cold. And you get a, a wino. Goes into a chemist shop and said, do you have a bottle of metal-lighted spirits? And the chemist said, yes, gives him one. He said, what's the matter? Don't you have a cold one? <laughs> They drink. I, I arrived there and somebody said, would you like a schooner? I thought he was going to give me a boat. <laughs> and they're always telling me, they're always, as soon as you arrive in Australia, they say, watch out for the sharks. And they don't say a shark will eat you or chew you up. They say he'll take you. <laughs> You're going to be taken by a shark. <laughs> And I think to myself, well, if he takes me, he'll die of alcoholic poisoning. <laughs> and I'm swimming. But in the back of my mind, sharks. I'm thinking of it. And I'm swimming away. And the fellow goes underneath me. Swims on. I don't even see him. And he comes right under. And he goes with his finger. Down my stomach. <laughs> Nobody swam in that sea for about three days. <laughs> I was, when I was out there, I, I hired in the, down on the coast a bungalow, kind of shack, hut, which we used to go for weekends. And we always get down there and have a few beers and swim and eat, laugh, joke. And then one of these Australian friends of mine said, uh, hey, dive. Uh, you want to be uh, careful about the grass around here. Uh, it's getting very tall. And a lot of snakes, they live in the grass. You want to cut it. And I said, well, I'm never here. I only come here every six weeks or something. How the hell am I going? He said, well, buy yourself a sheep. And he laid up all the grass. So I thought it was a very good idea. I bought a sheep for five quid. Tied him up. Six months later, he's as big as a house. <laughs> Wool everywhere. <laughs> Somebody said, you want to get him sheared? He'll dehydrate. <laughs> so I go back to Sydney and I go through the yellow pages sheep shearing and unknown to me I am ringing up the biggest sheep shearing company in the world <laughs> and I said I'm making inquiries about sheep shearing the woman said uh, one second please and I was I believe you're making inquiries about sheep shearing I said yes he said, well, let me tell you our rates first. We shear sheep uh, per 5,000, 10,000, 50,000, 100,000. We've got different rates. We've got piece rate. We, uh, we do hourly rate, weekly rate, monthly rate. It all depends on the number of sheep that you have, percentage loss, percentage gain. <laughs> How many sheep do you have? I said, one. <laughs> he said, really? What's his bloody name? Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. Hey Mike, I was just having a look at my watch to see what the time was. That surprised me, but it also surprised me to see what the date was because I kind of lose track of these things. Yep. It's October already. Where's the year gone? It is October, mate. I've got no idea where the year's gone. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. Who knows, mate? Blame it on the pandemic. We have. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to year two of two weeks to flatten the curve, mate. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. It's going well. <laughs> it's going well.
Right, oh, we got to we got we got to get away from this COVID stuff, mate. Seriously, it's driving me nuts. Uh, between you and I and the gatepost, I can't see that happening for a while yet. Yeah, yeah, mate. As you know, I have frequent visits into hospital, and you get yeah. sick of hearing about it. I'm sure. But a little while back, I actually took my wife into hospital after she was complaining about severe pain in her neck, <laughs> which wasn't me apparently. It wasn't you. Yeah, I was sitting patiently in the waiting room until one of the doctors came out and I asked him how she was and he said, yeah. she's critical. I said, oh, mate, you'll get used to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. There you, go. you are going to be in so much trouble, mate. One day she's going to listen to one of these things. And, mate, you'll get the tontine therapy, I'm pretty sure. Oh, mate, I'm always in trouble. It's only the depth that varies. <laughs> Good on you. Let's get on with the news, mate. Let's do it. Mate, grave concerns for the integrity of state and national supply chains between now and Christmas are held by the Victorian Transport Association. Yeah, they sure are. We're coming up to some hard dates now. Middle of October, we've got industrial action going on. With There's been the toll action. There's been the Star Trek action. Patrick's are going nuts as well. Patrick Stevedores, Maritime Union of Australia and the East Swanston Dock are carrying on. Mm. There's union plans for rolling work stoppages of over 140 hours across 23 shifts in October. Add to that, we've got the border vaccination issues that are all coming up as well. Yep. And I think, mate, October is going to be one of those months where the transport industry is going to have to, in some ways, do more than pull its weight, but there's going to be a lot of disruption. There's going to be a lot of guys. I actually now know two drivers who have quit driving altogether as a result of the vaccination issue, Mm. and I know another five. This is blokes that are personally known to me who have said they will not cross the borders out of New South Wales anymore. Mm. And I don't think they're alone. I think the projection is that 10% of drivers are going to basically say they're not doing it. Uh, not doing the vax, yep. it's going to cause a bit of a problem, mate. I really can see that we're going to have a bit of drama. And a lot of our stuff's imported. It all ends up on the backs of trucks. Everything we cart, everything that's in your house, all the food, all the furniture, everything, even your cars, everything's been on the back of a truck at least once. Yep. We're going to experience some shortages, I think, and it's all going to be because of things that are preventable, I'm afraid. Yeah, indeed. Mike in Queensland, a Sydney-based truckie, has been fined by police following investigations into his movements while travelling in Queensland. He sure has. So the big question is, how the hell did they find out where this bloke was going? Mm. It just makes you wonder how the police actually know know, what's going on. Obviously, there's cameras and that all over the place. So this is a 38-year-old bloke, travelled to Brisbane from Sydney as a freight operator on September 16 before attending a location in Brisbane in breach of the strict freight protocols. They caught him. They've nailed him $1,378 for failing to comply with the freight protocols as set out in the COVID-19 border direction. Could they have tracked him through the Q code thing if he was doing that? I've got no idea, mate. I suspect that that's a possibility. They said they weren't going to do that, but they did that over here in WA. So, I mean, who would know? Mm. We've spent our lives the last year and a half, nearly two years now, living with all this stuff and trying to do the right thing. Obviously, I'm not going to have a go at the bloke. I don't know what he did or didn't do, and I won't judge the man for what he did or didn't do. But sometimes people don't do the right thing. And unfortunately, they pay the price. And this is the situation where this bloke has paid the price in a big way. $1,378, a lot of money. It's interesting, the things that happen in Queensland. I don't know if you heard on the news over there, but 
I'm not sure if it was this same guy, but one truckie that was in trouble up here with COVID mm. going around a number of shops and cafes and things around the Gold Coast. Mm. Apparently one of the cafes he was in an hour, just over an hour later, the Queensland Premier went in for a coffee. Oh, right. And was seen and noticed by everyone there. And of course, everyone in the cafe was told to go home and isolate for two weeks. But the state health said it was okay. She didn't have to do that. No. Don't start me. Just throw that in as an aside. Yeah, no, it's an interesting aside. Mm. Right, uh, let's get away from the COVID crap, mate. I've had enough. Let's do some other news. Yeah, well, the National Road Transport Association, a.k.a. Nat Road, has called on the federal government to create a national truck rest stop fund to boost jobs, freight efficiency and safety as Australia emerges, yes please, from the COVID-enforced lockdowns. <laughs> yeah. Nat Road CEO Warren Clark said the board delays that cause fatigue issues for heavy vehicle operators during the pandemic have underlined the importance of truck rest areas. Hmm. 100% correct. Now, as we discovered through talking to our mate Rod Hanafy, you know, there is a standard for how these rest areas are built, but there's no national protocol or anything like that. There doesn't seem to be a plan, and it's about time there was. So they've been looking at studies from the US and commercial driver at fault crashes involving sleepiness or fatigue incidents of where these crashes have taken place and trying to develop this program to get some sort of a plan together to have some sensible construction of rest areas. Mm. There's a lot of information presented to the Senate inquiry that Glenn Stirl hosted about that and I do have to get him on the show and we have got to talk about the report because it's out now. It's been out for a little while and I just haven't been able to manage to get him on the show to discuss the recommendations. But the commercial drivers have always had difficulty accessing rest areas. It is about time there was a call to make construction of more rest areas in appropriate places mandatory. It's just past time. Mm, Absolutely. And Mike, you've got a listing of some important dates coming up in the trucking calendar over the next few months. Mate, save the dates. Now, you go to bigrigs.com.au and you see the story there, save the dates on the calendar. Well, the first one was the lights on the hill. That was October 2-3, so that's done and dusted, that one. Done and dusted. <laughs> lights on the hill, done and dusted. Sorry. <laughs> you didn't get the connection there? What? No. Lights on the hill, done and dusted. Oh, okay, yeah. righto. Fine. It's not funny if you've got to explain it, mate. No, it's not, is it? <laughs> As you were. The Convoy for Kids is on in Sydney on October the 31st. In November, we've got the Convoy for Kids and the Truck Show at Redcliffe Showgrounds in Queensland. We've got the Dane Ballinger Memorial Truck Show on November the 20th at the Bathurst Showground, New South Wales. My favourite, Illawarra Convoy for Kids on November 21 down in Illawarra. And in January, we've got the Turretin Truck Show and Tractor Pool. That's always a huge event. Mm. It just gets massive down there. Canberra's Rise Above Convoy on January 30 at Exhibition Park in Canberra. February's Megatrans, mate. Megatrans at the Melbourne Convention and Exhibition Centre. If we can get Melbourne out of lockdown for Megatrans, that'd be good February 16 and 18. The Boyup Brook Ute and Truck Muster at Boyup Brook over here in WA on February 19. Bit of a country music festival and Aussie vehicles and trucks and all sorts of stuff. If you've got anything else going on, get in contact with us or send James Graham an email, editor at bigrigs.com.au. Get it out there, get it on the list, and let's get some trucking stuff done. Absolutely. Like the sound of that ute one, I wouldn't mind coming over to that. I'm just not sure my ute would make it. But anyway, 
<laughs> the Redcliffe show sounds good. I might have to try and get out to that. Yeah, no, it'll be all right, mate. Get out there. Mm. Chuck out some caps and some pens and that. Yeah. Let the listeners have a bit of a look. Just go and slap stickers on anything that isn't moving. That's right. <laughs> now, you've got a bit of sad news for us as well, mate. I do. Sad to say that Neil Tymon, who was the founder of uh, Tymon Tankers, has passed away at home at the age of 95. Neil Tymon began the company in 1953, and he's been at the forefront of innovation in tankers, and anyone who's towed a tanker's probably towed a Tymon at one stage or another. Mm. Neil was awarded the Order of Australia Medal for his contribution to the Australian transport industry in 2011. Yeah, he's an industry icon in the true sense of the word, so he's left a legacy that's respected industry-wide. He'd be remembered as the man behind the brand of time and tankers. That's a quote from the company. Obviously, he just did a hell of a lot, and we're losing more and more of the people who have helped turn our trucking industry into what it is. So, Neil Tymon, condolences from everyone at the podcast to the family of uh, Neil, and and, rest in peace, mate. Yeah, did a lot of good over those 95 years. It's a good run. Yeah, no, you did well. Hmm. Michael thought for the week. Hit me. Life is not a fairy tale. If you lose your shoe at midnight, it's probably just because you're drunk. (laughs) Oh, dear. True, 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 true. Yep. All right, buddy. Well, without the drum roll and fanfare, we'll just (laughs) go on our merry way. But in kish. (laughs) Well, mate, you go and get that head down, get some rest. As always, Andy, thanks for having me. It's been a pressure. (laughs) We'll catch you later, brother. Talk to you soon, mate. Bye. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. It's been a hell of a week for a lot of us in the transport game this week. And I've just had a phone call from a mate of mine who spent some time in hospital because of a cardiac issue he's had following his second AstraZeneca jab. He's in a hell of a situation now. He's been off work for the time he was in hospital. He's going to be off work for a little while longer. He's had the second jab so he can cross the borders and keep his job because like a lot of truck drivers, he's a trip rate driver. He only gets paid when the wheels are turning. He's also like a lot of drivers and he lives from pay to pay. So damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. But he's in the situation he's in now because he's done the best he can to comply with what's going on. Now he's crook and no one seems as though they're taking any responsibility for what's going on. I've had another email from another driver who has said that he's not going to cross the borders anymore. He's pulled the pin. He's got an ulcer in his nose from where he's been tested. He's been tested three times a week for the last year going backwards and forwards across the borders, and he's got an ulcer in his nose from where he's been tested. He said he can't put up with it anymore. It's actually a traumatic experience now for him to get anything anywhere near his nose. He doesn't want his nose to be touched. There are other guys around that have had all sorts of other issues, trying to get a feed, trying to get a shower. Got an email here from bloke Jamie talking about a trip to Perth recently. I'll read you a little bit of the email. I'm writing this now, sitting in the Trentham rest area just outside Buronga. I planned on stopping at the Shell, make some lunch and chill out for an hour before getting rolling again. I thought somewhere with the facilities is always handy. But I find myself more often than not now avoiding the very facilities that are there to make our time on the road more comfortable. He goes on to say how he's in fear of getting stuck over there. He says, uh, you know, I know it sounds ridiculous, 
but he has a wife and three kids, and he'll be damned if he's going to risk 14 days extra on top of the two and a half weeks that he's already away. He wants to know how we can put a stop to this. How can we get more people in our industry to grow some balls and stand up like the boys did in Queensland the other week? There's so much of the public that's behind us and begging us to make a stand. At the end of the day, it's not just about us. This is honestly the first time I can ever remember having the public on our side. We need to use that. I've been involved in trucks all my life, from carting cattle, driving road trains, to what I'm doing now. There's nothing else I want to do with my life. I really don't know how much more of this I can take. My wife and I have already discussed selling everything we've worked hard to build and moving in with an auntie if things get any worse. And even as I write this, I still can't believe it. We need to get people back together. We need to do it. I want my life back. That's just typical of the emails that I'm getting. It really does disturb me that this sort of stuff is continuing to happen. And with these mandated jabs now, there's going to be a lot of guys that are getting the uh, vaccination, not because they want to, but because they have to, to put a feed on the table. Fundamentally, I think that's wrong. You know, the rabid anti-vaxxers, I suppose there's a few of those. I don't know what to say to them. The rabid pro-vaxxers are just as bad. I don't know what to say to them either. They seem as though they just want to feel safe and we all want to feel safe. But the lack of sensible consideration for people's rights and the freedoms that we should enjoy in this country have declined. And it makes me sad. It really does. Anyway, that's something to talk about. Catch you later. Take us out of the show this week, here's the music ambassador of Beef It Up Australia with a song he wrote dedicated to all the small towns around Australia. It's the story of the Aussie battler, and to add to the authenticity, this song was recorded live on the main street of a little Aussie country town, cars, wind noise and all. Here's Huck Richards with Main Street. Those few short blocks of takeaways and coffee shops and outlaws selling ice creams or antiques. They're just people trying to make a living and make the most of what they've given. And sometimes just making ends meet. And yes, it's easy to drive on through this town. Just keep rolling through And life won't slow you down But if you could take the time And pay a little down the line Maybe you could help turn someone's life around Just another main street Just another town That's our show for this week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says... It's, it's, all, it's, it's really, really very easy. Andy says... There, as they say, you bloody well go. And our guest says... Oh no, tell me about it. Until we catch up with you again next week, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. 
Jenny runs a little shop A lot on news, she's got the lot And it's been in her family now for years And every day she opens up And she just hopes she makes enough To keep her family warm and fed this year But it's easy to drive on through this town Just another main street, just another town. 